Hello, I am Megan Miles, and this is The True Crime Bride. The True Crime Bride. I'm Megan Miles, and we today are joined by my maid of honor. Hi! <laughs> it is an honor. It is an honor oh, to have you. Thank you. Okay, a little bit. We need to talk about. We need the backstory, like who we are to each other. Yeah, who we are. Which number one question? <sighs> oh my god! I okay. So are we friends? Are we, are we cousins? Friends? Are we cousins? Are we? Are we soul twins? Soul are twins? we twins? Are we twins? Are we the, twins? I, okay, so I can say we're not twins. Yeah. But we are first cousins. Yes. Her mother and my father are siblings. My godfather's daughter. My godmother's daughter. And my godfather's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so Erin Aaron and I are first cousins. Yes. And I think we, gosh, we were probably... We had to have been like five or six at yeah. least. Yeah. We were underneath our grandmother's dining room table and we like yes. were talking about our wedding. Top secret. That was top like our, secret. That's like where we shared our secrets. We talked about our BFs. Our BFs. That's where we, we decided. We knew we were going to be each other's maid of honor. Yes. It was mm-hmm. signed, sealed, delivered that day. Erin has been married for almost three years. Wait, over three years? No, going on three and a half to four. This will be <gasps> year number four. That is disgusting. And also, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so how I start episodes with Aaron when he's mm-hmm. on. Yes, my best friend's name is Aaron. I'm oh, yeah, marrying we someone clarify. named Aaron. Yes. Okay, just so we all get that out of the way. What are the chances? Something I talk about with Aaron is, hey, okay, so what did you do for wedding planning this week? So I want to ask you, what was the easiest and hardest We'll have to do it quickly, if, as quickly mm-hmm. as possible. Easiest and hardest part about wedding planning for you? It's a big question. It was. <gasps> it wasn't planning. She said it was. And just not even like in a negative way, but also just like, I feel like I can in round. In a positive way? <laughs> but I could round up my family and my friends a lot quicker than I could yeah. round up and get answers out of them. Okay. Love them. Love them. Love them. Not not a knock at all. I, I really actually like I but love the planning mine. part wasn't difficult. But it's almost like because they're not your they're not my people. Like they're my not mom your, exactly. My dad. I, they are your family, yes. but they're in a lot of ways they're like not your family yeah. yet. In the right. sense of like I don't know how this all works yet. One hundred percent. Like it's hard to com- listen. People I've known for 25, 30 years. I know how to communicate with them. Uh huh. Yeah. But with other people, it's hard. Like when I need answers and I need them now, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. But that was the hardest part. But everything else, I mean, we're still married and we're still happy. And it was a whole lot of fun. You're thriving and you have a puppy. Oh, I love him. Tate. I don't want to talk about him too much because I will take up all the time talking about him. (laughs) I could talk about him for 48 hours straight. 
Well, Aaron rescued a beautiful pit bull named Tate. Oh my God. He kissed me on my forehead yesterday morning and I literally cried. He is. A, that's, a how, that's where I kiss him. Aww. When I kiss him goodbye. You know, he loves his mommy. He, oh like, he knows Aaron. He and I really, me. I love that. <laughs> It makes me want to have a dog, so and I don't cute. want a dog, you know? Oh, my God. He looks for me. He goes, <gasps> Mommy, oh my God. where is she going? I have to follow her. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so let's get into the case. I'm here for it. So today we're talking about the murder of Annie Dewani. <gasps> yes. I Annie- have my notebook here just in case I need to take any type of notes. I love that because I... I I like that because I think that everything I, gets twisted. Yes, like it's out of information. Sometimes I just need to write down the details. Yeah. So like if you're keywords. listening, yes, if you're listening and you want to like follow along. I mean, listen, when, when I listen to true crime, I'm like usually driving yeah. or whatever. So if you are not driving <laughs> and you can jot down a little notes, it's, it, it might help to like keep track of everyone, but I'll try my best to do that for you. Thank you. Okay. So. Let's get into it. So this is the story of the murder of Annie Dewani. Annie Nina Hindocha was born to Vinod and Neelam Hodocha on March 12th, 1982 in Maristet, Sweden. Her parents originally were from Uganda, but were forced to leave in the 1970s when the Ugandan president at the time told all of the South Asian descended people that they had to leave the country within 90 days that's so fucking bold how imagine like, living how fucking there dare you? having your whole life here yeah and they said this guy says 90 days get the hell out <laughs> how, like, how do you begin to pick up your whole life no 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 that's so, horrific luckily they were granted asylum in sweden mm. and they settled in the town of maristad and that's where they formed their entire family Vinod had owned his business at the time. He was an electrical engineer, and Nilam took care of the kids and their whole mm-hmm. home. They had three children, Amy, Anish, and Annie. First of all, incredible. Love that. How dare you have three children that names go so well with each other? I know. Amazing. Growing up, Annie was described as the glue of the family. Oh. She, in many ways, kept them all together. She exuded a lot of genuine love. There are interviews now with her brother, Anish, where he remarks that she would call him. She would literally call him on the phone and just be like, hi, I love you so much. Bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I feel like a bad sister. I know I should do that more. But like she was just like very loving and like family was Aww. everything to her. And that's what always came across when everyone talked about her. I love her. I know. So much so that. Like, she was very much looking at the future. You know, mm-hmm. she wanted to be a mother someday, hoping to find someone to do that with. And she really loved her sister's kids. Like, she was, like, an oh, auntie. I you know, like I can relate already. I know. Like, the auntie I life is so love, real. I will love your kids oh more than God. you. I, more than you. Um, no. I will. I, I will love a, them. It's so profound. Like, like I they're love my, my own. Exactly. Oh. Like you, I think about like I hope that my nieces like call me in like an emergency situation. I know that sounds like so morbid of me, but like I hope that they call me like because they rely on me and I can help. Mm. And like I just love them so much that I just am always like I want them to like call me in an emergency. I know. (laughs) 
so stupid. Okay. I get that. I get it. So she graduated college with a degree in engineering, and mm-hmm. she moved to Stockholm, where she worked for a company called Ericsson, and they oh. made cell phones. Yeah. It was a cell phone company. My husband had a Sony Ericsson back in the day. Stop it. Back in the day. How 15, dare he? I never heard of it. Oh, what? Yeah. 2007. This is like, it was like 2009 where this like happened. Yes. Oh my God. So after she settled with career and life, she felt, you know, it's time Mm -hmm. to meet my match. Oh. And she wanted to meet a man of Indian descent and someone with similar values as her. That was really important to her. Good. In 2009, she was 28 years old. She went on a trip to London, which she did a lot because she had family there. And so she would go back and forth. She really enjoyed the social scene there. And at the time, though, this was a different visit because this is actually where she would end up meeting her husband. <gasps> you never know. You never, you never know. know when you're right? going to meet them. You never know. Guys, if you are, you know, it's searching. You never mm-hmm. know. It's always when you least expect it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Just be ready to receive. Be ready wow. to receive to whatever the universe wants to give you. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> That's our message. Oh, my God. Leave with that message. Her husband would be 30-year-old Shireen Diwani, and her aunt was the one who set her up. He was of Indian descent, like Annie. In fact, his mother was actually from Uganda, just like her parents, and had to move to the UK at the same exact time when the president had, you know, exiled all the people from Uganda, or from uh, Indian descent. Seems like a perfect match. Yes. His father was from Kenya, And he had a successful chain of nursing homes. Mm. Shireen grew up in Bristol and attended Manchester University. He was very successful. By the age of 30, he was already a millionaire. Okay. This has a lot to do. Yes, let's pause. Because I have an opinion. Okay, let's talk about it. I have an undecided opinion. (laughs) The fact that I know that, you know, we're true crime bride. Mm -hmm. She sounds like a great gal. Yeah. And she meets oh, know, we love her Annie. future husband. Yeah, we love it. But Annie. now I don't know if I trust him. He sounds great on paper, but... No, you can't... We, what, <sighs> where am I going? You have, I'm undecided. You just, no, no, no. You have to... You, okay, I'm going to listen. Try to be unbiased as possible. Yes, yes, yes. I'm open to receive. Okay. Thank you. This is exactly. Thank you. Okay, great. Great. Aaron, we did we sage his face? We should have saved oh, the space. We should have saved. Oh my god, we should have saved. Next saged. time, next time. Oh, next time. Okay. So Shireen was a successful accountant on his own, but he got involved in the family business. Mm-hmm. Again, they owned and operated nursing homes throughout the UK. Honest work. Uh, Honest work. I mean, you're taking care of great people, grandmas and grandpas. Are we you kidding love me? grandma. Yeah, someone's gotta take care of them. Yes. And I, you know, and so and if it's them, gonna be Shireen, it's gonna be Shireen. It's Shireen. And uh, you know, lucky for Shireen. He became a millionaire because of it before 30. So, you know, on paper, Shireen's a great guy. Yeah. Okay. He's checking the boxes for me. He's checking the boxes. Mm. Okay. So in September 2009 in London, Ani and Shireen went out for coffee. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. And you know what? I have to say they didn't hit it off at first. But. Eventually, she was like, you know what? Let me give him another chance. Because I guess that they had they I had go coffee. through that, too, where they, I meet somebody and I know mm-hmm. right away, listen, I'm not a fan. And then I go, Aaron, stop. Do you, you really give do Give him a chance. Yeah. Yes, I do that all the time. And yeah. I meet them and I'm like, mm. And then I'm second-guess myself. And then, long story short, I should have never second-guessed myself because my gut instinct was right. Uh, oh, God. Okay, so like, okay, so that's one thing. But a lot of people are not like us, you know, not like us. 
who just nat- you were like, yeah, let's talk. Let's like be friends off the bat. And some people are nervous and they don't show their they don't show up as their full self on the first that. meeting. I get that. So I think that what happened was Annie was like, you know, I'm going to give him another chance. And she did. Good for you. And it worked out. Good for you. It worked out. Eventually, a few months go by and they're dating and they have a successful relationship with each other. Annie brought Shireen back to Sweden to meet her family. They really liked him. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, he was charming. He was good looking, educated, wealthy. Um, So what was there not, not to like? Exactly. We're not going to hate yeah. on that. And I have to say, another perk was Annie told her dad that Shireen wanted to be celibate before marriage. Oh. Oh. And her dad was a very, like, conservative um, Indian man. And mm-hmm. so, like, to him, that was, like, green flag. We right. love Shireen. Right. And wow. so, like, and, and also Shireen's family loved Annie. So it was kind of like, what? Again, and in the Indian culture, it, it's very important that mm-hmm. everyone, both sides of the family are accepting of yes. whoever you choose to spend your life with. And so this is like, oh my, oh my God, this is amazing. It all worked out. Mm-hmm. Everyone's happy. So they ended up embarking on a long distance relationship, actually, because Annie lived in Stockholm. Right. Shireen lived in London. Um, so they did their best. They ended up having to travel and visit a lot. They did their um, best. They ended up actually breaking up. <gasps> In January 2010, because it became a lot. Yeah. The breakup lasted literally a month. Oh, okay. <laughs> and by February 2010. Well, sometimes I feel like that happens because you're like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. what if I miss him too much? What if I miss her too much? Yeah. Then I'll know. Yeah, exactly. And because, you know, long distance is hard. And so mm-hmm. I think like the the solution to it is let's just break up yeah but it's you know it's just not. to see just unfortunately to see. someone has to like make the move right like uh, and you know my relationship mm-hmm. aaron was the one to make the move like Ooh. to new york Love so him. but it had no one been prepared to make that move i don't think we would be together how you can't sustain it a hundred percent yeah you Could wouldn't know. agree more. You would not know. I would not know. Yes, because you guys know. grew up like three miles away from each other. Possibly so. <laughs> even closer. And we've been together since we were 15. 15, 15, everyone. So I'm pretty sure we're going on like 16 years of a relationship, four years married. Insane. That is insane. And we've never broken up once. That's incredible, though. We're so in love. You guys are so fantastic. Thank you. And now you have a sweet puppy. Oh, I love that. It's amazing. So in February 2010, Annie said, you know what? I This relationship deserves for me to give it a go. Hmm. And she quit her job <gasps> in Stockholm. No. She packed up her shit. Annie. She moved to London and was like, let's do this. Okay, let's actually, Annie. I love that. Yes. Good head let's on her go- shoulders. Good head on her shoulders at Annie. Mm, fucking motivated. We love that. Within three months. Wow. In May 2010, engaged. Okay, whoa. First of all, <laughs> whoa. You better, Shireen, you better put a ring on it. Because this woman just dropped her whole life and, and moved to be and with, moved you. with you. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you right now, their proposal was not, not extravagant. <laughs> he got a private jet. Excuse me? He flew them to Paris to what? have dinner. Just to oh, have just dinner. Oh, just to have dinner. Just like yeah, casual. Yeah. Just Flight a pri- to Paris. Yeah, just a pottery um, visit. They had a fancy dinner at a fancy upscale restaurant, and he got down on one knee with a 25,000 pound <laughs> ring. What is that translation? The translation is over $30,000 <gasps> oh in US dollars. 
my god for, an, for a diamond engagement ring that is insane insane but like that's not but that's i guess like, yeah it's chump change exactly yes. i guess it's all relative because he's a multi-millionaire like to us we'd be like how could <laughs> you god. do that i've been paying that back with the rest of my life yes now it's worth noting mm. that at the time annie had confided in friends and family oh that she wasn't totally sure about marrying Shireen. Oh, girl. See, she needs to trust her gut. Yeah, he 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 was very controlling. And they fought a lot. Because uh, she's time, an independent woman. I know. And at the time, we didn't know about what we. I was there. Oh. Um, <laughs> at the time. I just accept this information. Like, yes. <laughs> you were there. We don't know what they were fighting about. Mm-hmm. We can, later in the case, we might suspect maybe about what they might have been fighting about, but they just fought a lot. And I think maybe it was even, it, it could even honestly be so silly. Yeah. Like, you you know, you didn't That's what put a lot the of towels away. Were, you didn't exactly. do the, like, just toxic. crap. Just like yeah. crap like that. Three months prior to the wedding, Annie went to India to plan mm-hmm. this lavish affair. Ooh. And like, it was Ugh. lavish. I want to go. Okay. I want to um, go. It was lavish. October 19th, 2010. What a great weekend for a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that. What am I doing that weekend what this year? Zooming. Hmm. Oh my god! They had a three-day-long incredible dream wedding in India. Oh, of course, of course. Three days long. Three days. That's amazing. I'm too tired. How do you have the stamina for that? I don't. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, Truly. but also like, it, at like what fun. point does it become not beautiful? Like, who has the energy for that? I don't know. Because I don't. I don't. I don't. Aaron and I are having an after party and, like, I'm sometimes I, I think, like, I'm too tired for that. <laughs> but, like, we already paid for it, so it's happening. It's happening! <laughs> Wait, the after party? A day, the day after party. Oh, that's having. what you mean. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, we're, it's happening because we paid for it. So. Yeah. But I don't know how three days long. How do people do it? I don't, well, and your, your wedding is going to be jewels. three days long. Rehearsal dinner, wedding, after party. I so know, I guess I guess we're going to be able to relate more to Annie than we thought. Maybe, but hopefully not totally. Totally. Um, <laughs> Actually, can I redact that? <laughs> so after the wedding, after this three-day lavish affair, Annie and Shreen went back to the UK to celebrate Diwali. And then they went on to travel to their honeymoon. Now, Annie had no idea where they were going. Oh, I was just going to ask, where is she going? Annie doesn't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, Shireen insisted on planning and paying for the whole honeymoon and wanted to be surprised for Annie. Shut up. Cannot relate. Shut up. I don't like surprises. I don't. First of all, I don't. You know what? She does not like surprises. No, she doesn't. She She doesn't. She's an independent woman. She was working her ass off. Mm -hmm. She up and left to go marry this man yeah and then you have the audacity to not tell me where i'm going but what do i need to pack how long are we staying right i need to take off work good point what do i pack what's the weather do i have to get my eyebrows (laughs) do i have enough time do i need to get wet do i (laughs) do i have time to get a manicure but like for real like that's such a good point because when i was like writing these notes about that like the only thing i was thinking about is i could never give up that much control uh, but yes. really, the real thing is to think about is, what do I need to wear? What am I wearing to my honeymoon that you won't tell me about as if that's fucking romantic? It's not. It's, it's not. It's weird. It's not. Uh, there Apparently, there are people on this planet that oh. would allow that, though. Uh, and I like I can't personally relate to that. Crickets. Can you imagine Dave planning your whole honeymoon for you? Oh, my God. <laughs> Where we would you guys s- be going? We would sit on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Planning a honeymoon, he's like, we we're would gonna- be on the couch with Tate. 
Which He's, honestly I would love. But not for my honeymoon. But not for your honeymoon. Not for my honeymoon. But like now you would. Now, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind I, of. I love sitting with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had no idea where they were going. But wait, that's probably what they fight about all the time. Like how come you're not communicating with me? Why mm-hmm. aren't you talking to me? I would imagine. He was very controlled. Like... I, you later find out that he was very controlling about these kind of things, especially Ugh. when it comes to like money, things like Ugh. that. Yeah. Oh, as if he, yeah. he's a fucking multimillionaire. What? Spend it. You can't take it to the grave with you. Spend Plus, it. And he had money. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't understand. I don't Spend understand. it. Okay. So. I need a drink. <laughs> he is stressing me out that Mr. Shireen. On November 7th, mm-hmm. 2010. So they got married on the 19th. It's now the 7th. They landed in Kruger National Park in South Africa. He took her to South Africa. Okay. And where are they? Where are they again? Okay. London. That's, is that a long flight? I don't know. I don't know what the flight is. Um, but South Africa's that's like a, a cool, really it, it's I a cool place. It's a couple of hours long. Imagine yeah, definitely a couple hours. Being like, all right, now I'm on the plane. Can you tell me where I'm going? I know. Now? I wonder. I don't know because I couldn't find any information about that. But I don't know when he, he like told her. Well, maybe she <laughs> saw where at the gate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess okay. she saw unless he had her blindfolded or something. Oh my god. Oh my god. I can't imagine going to JF arriving in JFK yeah. and being like, Jave, where are we going? <laughs> JFK and is I find, stressful enough. I, let yeah. alone not knowing where you're going. <laughs> Take off your shoes! <laughs> Laptop in the thing! Oh my god! Okay! Okay! Oh my god! They're always screaming. They're screaming. They're screaming oh, and I don't have a laptop! <laughs> oh my god! I or do I? Do I, do I have a gun? I don't I don't I always think when I go through airport security I always think that that's the day I am carrying a knife oh absolutely I also think my hair extensions are gonna get me in jail (laughs) like in jail I always get so scared that I'm gonna be the one because I look so nervous that what if I look like I have a B-O-M-B. I know. You and can say because it. I'm so, no, I don't want to say oh, it. I'm okay. not going to put that in the universe. No, but I get so nervous that I'm, I look nervous. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I look nervous too. I don't want to be the person that looks nervous that gets pulled yeah. off the line. Like, girl, act natural. Walk through the thing. Yeah. Hands to your side. Boots in the tray. Lapis in the tray. Yeah. But I'm I want think about I'm, being in a different country <laughs> with that same energy, but you don't know the language. No. So someone's yelling at you. No. Same energy. But you just don't know the language. I'm so scared. How isn't that terrifying? Yes, because there's so people. Scared. I, I think about Aaron and I traveled recently, a couple months ago, and I had turned to him because like we're at JFK and everyone's screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. But the people in front of us absolutely did not speak English. Oh. And I'm like, so those people, maybe they understand. I don't know, but let's just say they didn't. Mm-hmm. They are being screamed at <laughs> in a language they do not know. For oh no reason. God. No reason. None of us need to be screaming Anywhere right now. else that you go, because when I went to South Carolina, when we got to the South Carolina airport, everyone Lovely. was like, hey, yeah. <laughs> you're traveling back to New York? Okay. Put your shoes in the tray. <laughs> you have a laptop? All right, put that in the tray. All right? And I'm just like, I arrived three hours early to get through everything in 15 minutes because I'm so conditioned to have a dramatic experience at JFK. And when I go other places, they're like, Erin, you want a cup of tea? While you're Do you want a cup of tea? You want a couple of massage? Do you need a little pedicure? And I'm like, honestly, I could use a neck pillow and a, and a back massage right now. <laughs> In New York, they're like, we're going to cut off your toes. You're 
What, do you have a sore neck? It's Good. a ibuprofen. Good. <laughs> Fuck off. But you can't take it in security because it's drunk. <laughs> We're going to throw it out. <laughs> Over it's... three ounces in the garbage. Why is everyone so mean in You're New York? So but I'm one of those mean people. No. no. No, I am. You don't say it out loud. No, I, well. Oh, this might be one of our differences. Oh, is that it? We, that we tapped into a little bit before. Okay. Where we are a little different. Where I would think it and never say it. Oh, I'll say it. Yeah, she'll say it. And I get really, well, thank God we don't Either, travel together. We don't really, no, we don't, I don't, have we really ever traveled on a plane? <laughs> have we ever been on a plane together? No. Should we go to South Africa? <laughs> oh, I forgot that we were just talking about you. that. Oh, shit, I was supposed oh, to surprise no. you. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the case. I forgot. Oh, I my forgot. God. We forgot we were here. Oh, my God. So Shireen took Annie to South Africa for her honeymoon. Surprise. As a surprise. As a surprise. <gasps> so they landed in Kruger National Park in South Africa. They stayed on the safari. There's like it, Kruger National Park is... I'm sure it, gorgeous, but absolutely not, stunning. It's a safari, and like you can actually stay there. Which, in fact, my type of not my type of vacation. Yeah, it's a little active for me. Ironically, very active. <laughs> I'd have to wear like boots and shorts or whatever, or a hat. I don't know. Kind of cute. Thinking that's. I mean, cute. like, do you have to be able to run away at any point? There's a lion. <laughs> that's what I think of. On the safari. Wait, our grandparents went on a safari and stayed in a yeah, safari. Yeah, and they got attacked by a baboon. They did. No, Grandpa? not a baboon. Like by like a native, like an indigenous tribe. No, no, no. The and they stole the sneakers. Tribe. Oh, oh, yes, yeah. that happened too. They were like, "Those are." We want those sneakers, but like in a diff- in a language no one they understood. They just pointed, and Grandpa was just like, "Sure, <laughs> yeah." He was like, "Take whatever you want. <laughs> take my shirt." No, but the baboon came over and and wanted his um the leather from his camera, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Did he really? He like wanted the le- so Grandpa's like, "You're a baboon. <laughs> in, I'm in Africa. <laughs> you can have whatever you want." So my Grandpa lost his camera case and his shoes also if you knew our grandmother the she fact that pissed. she was in africa on a safari like this is not it for her no. No. <laughs> and i know she told me a story they slept in a glass house what they slept in like a house like a, some sort of shelter <laughs> that was just made of glass and in- there was like drafts over them and no. like stuff. no thank I said, you absolutely not no thank you I, I mean maybe maybe that was annie's style i don't know yeah let's bring it back to annie let's bring it back to annie but you know what i don't even think he knew her style he just no, chose everything right. for her. Didn't even check with her to be like, Erin, thank you for saying that because it's exactly what? right. Yes. Yeah. He he was just like, I have a lot of money. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to consult her about it. Right. This is something I'm planning for. It wasn't like, let's go on a honeymoon together. Let's mm-hmm. just set. It was like, I'm just going to do this because <laughs> yeah. I want to. That's what it sounds like. So during the during their honeymoon, during this leg of it. Annie was actually texting friends and family and it's worth noting that she was like, I'm having a good time. And that actually was like a relief to her friends and family because they were in such a bad spot before the marriage Mm -hmm. or before the wedding day, let's say, (gasps) that they were so happy to hear that they were having a good time. So like that suggests that there was like a lot of tension before the before the wedding, which weddings are stressful. Yeah. Like there are fights that happen. So it could just simply be that they had a tough time. Yeah. Like, yeah. and they're planning a three day long yeah. wedding. Like that's, that's stressful. Yes. I'm planning a one day long wedding <laughs> and it's stressful. Okay. <laughs> so they stayed there for a few days. And then on November 12th, 2010, they went to Cape Town, South Africa. They landed at Cape Town International Airport 
And Shireen hailed a taxi instead of using the airport shuttle service that apparently cost too much money. Oh, come on, Shireen. He's a literal Shut millionaire. Shut up. He was, so like, Let me fucking s- annoying. he was like, let me save some money and just like get a local driver to drive us. When the shuttle will work just fine. When the shuttle is suggested because you're, you're a tourist in a country that you oh, know nothing you're about. You're so right. right. You're so and right. They, they were staying in a five-star hotel and there was a shuttle. And come on, which is interesting because most of the shuttles, I don't, I don't, I don't often stay in a five star hotel, but I know that even for lesser hotels, they are offered complimentary. They will Mm -hmm. pick you up Mm -hmm. and drop you off. But Shireen said, I would rather do a local taxi. Okay. So I don't know. Millionaire things. Maybe that's he was just like, let me save a few bucks because I need to save my money. So he flags in a taxi, um, and the taxi was driven by a man named Zola Tongo. This man was driving a Volkswagen. I know, you should be. He was driving a Volkswagen minivan, and he would drive them then the 20 minutes from the airport to their hotel, which was named Cape Grace Hotel. And this hotel was super ritzy. Five-star, on the waterfront, just like a very, very fancy experience. Think like the Four Seasons. (laughs) I don't know even what that is. Yeah, but. same. <laughs> I know it's fancy. I know. So they arrive at the hotel and Annie heads inside to be in check-in. And Shireen heads back with Zola and they end up chatting for a few minutes. About what? Uh, we don't know. Maybe some like, you know, Zola, can you give me some tips on right. food? Yeah. Where to go? That's actually, that's a good point. Safaris, Maybe, like It really could have been that. Any recommendations? 10 minutes of chatting. While his wife is inside taking care of the trip that he planned. Oh, right. Oh, I thought she was outside talking to Oh, Zola. no, he went in. No, no, no. So she had it in the lobby. He and left then he her was in like, South oh. Africa? Well, <laughs> he left her I mean, there? I guess outside, essentially. <laughs> holding the bags? Talking to the guy who just dropped them off in a taxi? Yeah. He could have just taken her with him. Well, no, no, no. So she headed into the lobby. Oh, I'm getting all the details so, okay. confused. <laughs> that's, why I sh- that's why I brought my notebook. Let me pick up my pen. Okay. So they get to the hotel. Okay, hotel. Annie heads into into the lobby yes. and says, "Let me check in." Now, Shireen was like, you know, "I'm gonna I'm gonna hang back. You go check in, babe. I'm gonna hang back and talk to this taxi driver for no reason." Okay, from what I said before, fuck you, Shireen. <laughs> you fuck already you. So, asshole. So like you That's already you don't trust move. you don't trust Shireen. I do not trust this man. Why? Tell me why. Why are we not going in together? Yeah, because you pl- first of all you planned yes. this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's what happened. So they were chatting. We don't know about what. I want to make that clear. They could have been talking about literally anything, like you had said. Yeah. It could have been like, what's the, where should we go? Where's the best place to eat? Could have been yeah. a lot of things. Supposedly, he was asking Zola, can you drive us around Cape Town? Like, th- we're staying here for a few days. I like you. Can you be our driver? And he said that he wanted to go to dinner the next night and he needed a ride like here and there. Can you show us around sometime and be our tour guide? And Zola was like, yeah, absolutely. Because Zola was looking for something like that. Like he was, he's a taxi driver. So on November 13th, the next day, Zola comes back to the hotel in the morning to give Shireen a ride into town to, to do like a money exchange. He needed to exchange his money. After that, Shireen and Annie spend the whole day together at the hotel. They enjoy themselves. They are having drinks at the hotel bar, just enjoying the amenities of this like gorgeous resort. Yeah. At 830 that night, Zola returns and they were planning on being driven to a restaurant called 96 Winery Road Mm -hmm. where they had dinner reservations. 96 Winery Road, if you want to Google it out there, extremely upscale, fancy, 
and like very bougie. And mm-hmm. on the way, Annie and Shireen actually decided they were like, you know what? I'm not actually in the mood for like this bougie experience. Do you have a suggestion, Zola, of like a more laid back restaurant you could bring us to? And Zola was like, yeah, I knew the place. I'm going to bring you to a place called the Surfside I'm Restaurant. I'm going to bring you to my house. Maybe she's bringing you to my house. Why don't we just go to like Wendy's? Yeah. Why don't you just go? Oh, my wife will cook you a homemade <laughs> meal. My treat. Yeah, my treat. So he brings them to the Surfside restaurant, and it's in a resort town called Strand. This is about 30 minutes southeast of the hotel where they were staying at, and he drops them off just before 9 p.m. At 10.30 p.m., Zola comes back to get them, and Annie and Shireen were like, you know what? Why don't you show us around? Uh, Shireen actually says this is all Annie's idea. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Shireen would later testify, quote, on the way back to the hotel from dinner, Annie wanted to take a different route. Annie grew up in Sweden, and she felt as if the area around Cape Grace, the hotel, was just like home. So clean, so safe, even a bit sterile. Shireen said she wanted to, quote, see the real Africa. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Tell me. Shireen, you didn't allow Annie to ask Zola that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so freaking pissed. Are you pissed? I'm pissed because I know for a fact. Yeah. Because I I was there. (laughs) That he did not allow her to make that kind of suggestion or question. Yeah. No way. No. No shot. No thank you. Yeah. I agree completely. Listen, they were staying at a five-star hotel, and they definitely were not experiencing the true culture of the country, right? But Zola was like, I, I'm going to do, do this for you. I got you. I got you. Listen, you've been in my car. How many hours? How many days? I got you. I got you. And for oh. reference, it's we have to say that tourists tend to stay within the resort town. That's what I was going to say. That was my next comment. Yes. When Be- you go somewhere mm-hmm. and you go to a resort, mm-hmm. you don't leave the resort but because it's safer yeah you don't yeah it's it's uh, it's just not safe annie is an educated woman exactly thank you that is i'm so glad you said that because later there's interviews with her siblings that they were like she never would have done that annie knows the danger of going anywhere in the middle of the night she would not have wanted to go there she never would have fucking done that as as much as you and i wouldn't i'm not leaving the resort i i don't know my surroundings it is 10 30 at night no. It is 1030 Shireen, at night. Fuck you. I'm not saying, let's go on a tour of South Africa. Skip the bougie on my honeymoon. <laughs> I want to go to the local dive bar. I'm going to tell you right now, I want all the bougie. Yes! I want the bougie. I want to be treated like a queen. This is my honeymoon that my husband planned exclusively for me. And I want to say, you know what? But also, Whatever. if I want to see the cult, like, because I, I would also want to see the, the true culture of the country, true, but I, but I want to do that in the daytime. I want to do it in the daytime. I want to have a plan. Thank you. I want a plan. There's okay, tour, we're touring gonna, companies, we're not just a random taxi driver. Exactly. Right. Right. Thank you. Same page. Thank you. Okay. Same page. Same values. <laughs> Thank you. Zola brought them via backed roads no. to a township called Google Atu. The crime rate of Google 2 is extremely high. Oh my God. Like in the last five years alone, there was over 500 murders, which equals to one murder every two to 2.5 days. Wow. Like in wow. a little town. What? And he's like, let me, you know, How I know, I know the perfect left? place. Let me bring you this town oh, yeah. where everyone dies. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. 
So not the safest or smartest idea as people not from that area going there after 1030 at night, no matter who you think you are there with, you don't know what's going to happen to you. Yeah. And Zoloft was like, um, listen, I'm going to turn this car around because it's really not safe. Yeah. No, Zola drove them right in there. (gasps) Zola was like, I know the perfect place. No, I really don't think he did. I don't think he did. Okay. Well, let's hear it. So as they're driving there, Zola is waiting at an intersection off of the highway when two armed men rush the car. They are banging on the windows, holding guns, and they eventually get a hold of Zola and rip him out of the car. What? And they end up hijacking the car with Annie and Shireen inside. This is outrageous. There's one hijacker in the back seat. And the other one began driving. They drove for 20 minutes and they explained to Annie and Shireen that they don't intend to hurt them or kill them. They said, we just want the car. So we're going to to let you go, but we want to let you go separately. They eventually stop and force Shireen out of the car and then continue on with Annie still in the car. You know what I think? I think Shireen was like, you know what? I'll get out. You can have her. Yeah. Let let me go. So wait, well, why don't you trust Shireen? Let me tell me. Tell I me. don't trust this man. Why? I think he is toxic. Number one. Why? Because he planned the honeymoon. Yes. <laughs> well, not only that, but he seems like just like a toxic dickhead. Okay. And like I don't respect that. Okay. No, I, I just, totally. He just like doesn't respect her opinions. Doesn't mm-hmm. listen to her. Obviously, is a good communicator. Like. I'm sorry. I mean, just the fact that you're a multimillionaire, but you're just going to let... Oh, you're going to just let her go check in in a foreign country? You don't like that. Come on! You don't like that. You know, you're right. Because if Aaron was just like, we're in a different... We're in a country you don't... Like, Megan knows nothing about, but like... You go first, babe. You go, you go like... You go first. Yeah, you go first. I'll follow you. Yeah. Absolutely Oh, there's not. hijackers in the car. You know what? I'm going to head out. <laughs> um, I got a multi-million dollar empire at home that i gotta i gotta look after you can have her yeah i do not trust mm-hmm. this man well i mean i'm sure the hijackers didn't give them a choice right they, they were probably like get out and he wasn't like we're gonna find out okay we're gonna find out okay okay so in the meantime of all of this zola was forced out of the car first right he was a driver zola went right to the police station oh i care about him more than shireen <laughs> I'm happy for him. Shireen was forced out of the car and was told, get out of the car and leave your wife behind. (laughs) And see, he said at first he refused and he was Mm. like, I will not be separated from my wife. But things ended up escalating and they actually held a gun into his ear Mm -hmm. and like pulled back the trigger. So they were like, you need to get out now. So he ended up getting out. And because he, he was afraid that they were going to kill the, his wife in front of him or something. I know for a fact that Dave would never leave that car. Yeah. He would never leave that car. Mm-hmm. Gun in his ear in a foreign country. Yeah. In a dangerous area. He would never leave but would you, the car. But would you, like, would... Sam. It's impossible for you to answer this question now because you're not in this situation. And, like, you know, as much as we're sitting here saying, like, oh, I, I don't trust him, whatever... In the moment, like you, 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 you honestly cannot tell me what you would do. True. You, you True. really can't, you know, and, and if, if, and if Shireen really was being threatened, had a gun in his ear, he probably was just like, it's your instinct to get out. You know, I, I, I almost can't, I can't blame him for just trying to save his life and thinking yeah. he's going to, cause they had told him, I'm not going to kill your wife. I just want the car, but we have to separate you. Yeah. You know, it's all very complicated. They're criminals. They're all criminals. So 
After they got Shireen out of the car, he was like in a daze and he was in absolute shock. And Mm -hmm. he was roaming around this neighborhood. He had no idea where he was, but he was banging on people's doors. Just like random. And and I think about this a lot. Like if I was ever dropped off, like I I don't know why I think of this, but if I was ever dropped off somewhere, I guess he would just go to someone's house. Oh my gosh. And like ask to use their phone. That's and how how absurd that is. But you would it's 2010. And you exactly. And you're in a country you your cell phone wouldn't work, even if you had it. I mean, maybe mine wouldn't because I didn't have an international plan, but oh. maybe Shireen did. But <laughs> Yeah, hopefully he did. So eventually someone answers the door mm-hmm. and he begs them, like, please, like, help me get in touch with the police. And, and they help. So the police arrive to Shireen and shortly after they take Shireen around looking for Annie. They were like, get in the car. Let's go look for her. Like, it, it, it sounds crazy, but that's what they did. I get that. They even got Zola too, and they looked together, but there was no sign of her anywhere. Mm-hmm. They eventually take both men back to the hotel at Cape Grace. So they, they took them both back to where it, it all started at this five star hotel. Eventually, Annie's parents were notified that their daughter <sighs> was kidnapped. Oh my God. But they were alerted by Shireen's parents, what? not Shireen himself, not the police, but his parents. So at some point, Shireen gets a hold of Annie's dad and he says, I am so sorry that I couldn't take care of your daughter. And Annie's dad was like, don't worry about it. Like she's like he was very much in the place of like, she's not dead. She's kidnapped. We're going to get her. I'm on my way. She's fine. Like, don't say that. And he kept repeating himself. But he Shireen kept saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry this happened. I'm so sorry that I couldn't take care of your daughter. Yeah. And Vinod immediately books a flight from Sweden to Cape Town. Yeah. The next morning is November 14th. Before Vinod even arrives, the police receive a call from a person living 20 minutes away from Google 2, which is where this all happened, from a nearby town. And the person reports seeing this gray Volkswagen minivan just like sitting outside their house all night. And it was just seemed odd to them. So they wanted someone to come check it out. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a residential area. This is like in the middle of a neighborhood. This van is just sitting there like as if it would just be right outside of our house. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's suspicious. So by 8 a.m., the police went to check it out. And that's where they saw the body of Annie <gasps> Diwali shot dead. What? By a gunshot wound to the neck at oh, point blank range. No. The bullet went right through her hand, oh. grazed her shoulder, went through her neck and got lodged actually in, th- in the seat behind her. Oh, my God. After being shot. She was left in the van to eventually bleed out and die. Oh, my God. So they suspect she didn't die right away. She no. actually had a long death she suffered. No. Which, you know, her, the shot going through her hand suggests that she tried to yeah. defend herself. Yeah. There was no evidence of sexual assault, but there were bruises on her thighs which suggested that she was either restrained or there was clearly a struggle that yeah. happened. Additionally, all of her jewelry was stolen off of of her body. Her father was already en route to Cape Town at the time. But before boarding his connecting flight from Amsterdam, he received news of his daughter's murder. Oh, my God. And that she was found. And so the rest of the journey to Cape Town, he like, he knew. Exactly. I can't. I I truly feel for her family on every like, oh, my God. So the investigation begins, and right away, it was clear that there was an overwhelming amount of red flags leading themselves to the fact that this was not a simple hijacking. Seriously? Mm-hmm. 
Shireen said the hijackers said that they only wanted the car yeah. and didn't want to hurt them. Yeah. So why would you murder Annie? Right. Right. Oh. Why were all of them in Guglietu anyway? Zola knew the area, knew the dangers of bringing them there. Zola remarks that Annie insisted on going there. But Annie's sister, Amy, swears, like, Annie would never do that. Yeah, Annie would never do that. I know her. Like, and I know, like, if you were to hear that about me, you'd be like, Megan would never do that. Megan would never go to Googly 2, get Mm -hmm. out of the car, 1030 at night, (laughs) want to leave the resort. Like, I know that. In fact, the sister's had actually been texting while Annie was in South Africa. The, yeah. Like Amy and her had been texting, like, don't do anything like that. Like, don't leave the resort. Like, yeah. it's dangerous out there. So, like, Amy knew. Hey, my sister knew. She would never have been like, bring me to 1030 at night to this random town where I don't know anybody. And, like, I don't know what's going on. She never would have put herself in that situation. Right. Period. So they let Zola and Shireen go. But they killed Annie. Yeah. Why would they let these guys go and then murder her if it was just about the car? They just wanted a car. Or if it was just about her jewelry. Give Mm -hmm. me your jewelry and get out. Yeah. And at this point, they had all seen these people's faces. So it wasn't a matter of like, oh, I want to protect my identity. Like, it would have not mattered at all. They let these two guys go and they killed Annie. What was the point of this? What was the reason? Immediately, this case got a lot of media attention as well. And thus a lot of pressure on authorities to actually solve this case quickly. Oh. Now, let's, we, we shouldn't, like, media attention is such a double-edged sword. Yeah. Because media gets in the way of investigations. It's just oh, the yeah. way it is. But also media is, like, helps cases get solved. It just does, I too. Know. It's such a unique situation, especially in the age of social. Now, like, 2010, social media wasn't as, what it is it now. Was, exactly. It was, like, upcoming. It was up and coming, but, like. Now, I mean, people, they're like these internet sleuths that like yeah. solve murders. Like mm-hmm. uh, currently we're watching the Murdoch trial like happening in real time. Right. And there's all this information that I, I follow social media accounts for the information on it. I know. And like the Idaho murder oh. and things like that. And, you know, but, but it absolutely can get in the way. Absolutely. So it's just something that comes it up can. mostly in every case, honestly. Yeah. That year, South Africa had hosted the World Cup, coincidentally, and the country itself was really hoping that this would promote tourism for the country. And so now that this violent crime was making headlines instead of the World Cup, like it completely overshadowed the World Cup. This wasn't what they wanted. So the country itself was eager to have this case solved and put under wraps quick. Wow. They wanted the killers found and dealt with to put potential tourist minds at ease. They dusted the van for Prince, and they quickly found their first suspect. It was 25-year-old Zoli Menjeni. He was arrested three days after the murder on November 16th. He had a nonviolent criminal record, and so that is why they had this his prints in the system, and they were able to locate him very fast. He confessed literally immediately. What? He, he was just like, yeah, that was me. And he immediately at the time gave up the second hijacker. What? Mm-hmm. 27-year-old. actually found the guy that fast? It was that fast because he, he his fingerprints were in the system. Really? For a nonviolent crime. And he confessed? He confessed immediately. He didn't even try to make up a story. He was like, yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. Something sounds funny. 27-year-old Mizawawa Madonna Kwabe was the second person that he said was there. 
helping him. Those are the two hijackers. He ratted someone out? Immediately. Whoa. Menjeni said that Kwabe was the one who actually killed Annie. He was, she was, he was actually the one that shot her. Two days later on November 18th, they were both arrested and brought in for questioning where they confessed to absolutely everything. They also implicated a third person. Okay. This person was 33-year-old Monday Mumalamba, and he was arrested as well. He told police that the driver, Zola Tongo, the taxi driver, reached out to Monday asking for a hitman. Shut up. Are you fucking kidding me monday i was rooting for you zola i know monday then got in touch with the hijackers munjeni and koabe a few days later zola tongo is arrested so let me recap for a second please do zola tongo who's the taxi driver organized this entire thing he was in touch with monday mumalamba and this person monday knew a hitman monday connected zola to munjeni and Kwabe, who ended up being the hitman and killed her. Mm. So detectives questioned Zola, and he says that the husband, yeah, hello, was yes. the one who ordered the hit. Yeah, who else would it be? Yeah, he said when they first arrived at the hotel on the day one of their honeymoon, Annie headed in yes. to check in, and Shireen I held back it. for a little while, I and he spoke it. to Zola in the parking lot. He said, Shireen asked Zola if he knew anyone in the area who could kill his wife. <gasps> And he said, I want it to look like an accident and I will pay 15,000 rand, which is approximately 2,000 US dollars, to anyone who would be part of it. Zola said he doesn't actually have the ability or, or, or like he doesn't actually. He, he, he's like, I can't actually kill anyone, but I know someone who might know how. Yeah. So Zola gets his friend Monday Mumbalamba in touch. And Monday was able to call these two guys and get them to be hitmen. I'm so freaking pissed. Keep in mind that there are phone records and CCTV footage Stop. to back up this entire <gasps> story. This oh happened. Oh my God. This happened. Mm-hmm. The next day, November 14th, in oh the morning, God. Zola returns to the hotel to get Shireen, picks them up, and he brings them into town to exchange money. Remember I said mentioned that? Yes. Now... He actually needed that cash to pay the men who would then murder his wife. <laughs> and he actually brought cash into the country. Ill. He brought cash into the country from London. Yeah. Into South Africa. Yeah. So he was exchanging like cash for cash, which means there is no record of that. When you exchange cash for cash, there's no paper trail. Why the fuck? Which that did means it's premeditated. Why did you get married? Why the fuck did you do, mm-hmm. you spent this all this money or your parents spent all this money on a three-day wedding mm-hmm. to this broad you want to get, you want to murder her? Yeah. Like, Interestingly why? enough, while he was in town getting money to have his wife killed, Annie's father actually called Annie's phone, which somehow was with Shireen at the time, while he was in town getting money to have his wife murdered. And Shireen was like, huh? dad like uh, yeah Annie's back at the hotel I have a call I'll have her call you so like it's like this perfect moment to be like oh my god what am I doing oh my god like I I can't kill Annie but no like this man exactly Mm -mm. pause and reflect exactly I don't want to kill her after Zola drops Shreem back at the hotel he goes to meet up with Monday and then is introduced to the people that will end up being the killers Kwabe and Munjani. And they all agree to do the hit 
and they agree that they will do it that night <gasps> in Google Lato. What? That wow. night, Zola picks up Shireen and Annie, brings them out to dinner, and then brings them to, to Google Latu, where they, of course, get their, heart, their car hijacked, and Annie gets murdered. That is so disturbing. The next morning, before Annie's body had even been found, Shireen and Zola actually meet at the Cape Grace Hotel. It's all in CCTV footage. <gasps> Shireen asks Zola, is it done? Get fucked, you motherfucker. This is all on CCTV footage. Now, like, on CCTV, CCTV you footage, you can't hear. You can't hear. But so why he, are they having a meeting But right why now? are you having a meeting? Please well, tell me. Yeah. There is a point even in the footage where Shireen, you can see him literally looking around. Like, he's <gasps> looking for the, the camera. Yeah. He actually asks one of the hotel staff who was, like, in the room, like, cleaning, like, doing their job. Hey, can you give us some privacy? Yeah, let me just give mm-hmm. you a fucking minute. Yep. A few days later, they meet again at the Cape Grace Hotel, but this time it was so that Shireen could actually pay Zola. Wow. Wait, is that on camera too? There's CCTV, <gasps> there's CCTV footage of Shireen carrying a white envelope into the hotel and then Zola leaving the hotel holding the same envelope. Wow. So clearly you were being paid. Clearly. Yes. It's clear. So with all of this, please start to look into Shireen finally. Please do. One of the things they find is Shireen has been, had actually been texting Zola during the car ride. What? That night from the restaurant to Googly 2 where Annie was in the car. What? So like what, what are you talk- texting each yeah, other? Yeah, what do you have to talk about that you're that texting you and you're in the car? That you can't say in front of your wife. Yeah. Exactly. They weren't able to recover what the messages said because the hijackers stole the phone that night but they were able to say definitively that they were in communication during that car ride right so what were you talking about right what could you possibly have to be texting each other you were right there in the same car oh yeah they also found annie's last text messages to various friends and family saying she was very unhappy on her honeymoon she was having the worst time and she actually said that she hated shireen so shireen had talked to the police and Fortunately for him, his story changed a million times. Mm-hmm. His first statement to police, he said he gave everything to the hijackers. He gave his cell phone, his jewelry, his watches, Annie's handbag, everything. And later, he called police. He called a police officer and asked him to check the seams of the van's seat, like one of the seat, you know, the fabric on a seat in the van. And he said, "I actually hid Annie's twenty-five thousand pound engagement ring in one of the seats." Oh, you did? You but he forgot to mention that. Because you would, in the middle of a hijacking, yeah. you would say, Let me hide this one let ring. Let me hide your engagement ring. That means the world to me that I got specifically for you. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. In yeah. an emergency. Yeah. No, you didn't say that. You didn't you say didn't that. You didn't do that. You didn't do it. In an emergency? Mm-hmm. Come on. After checking, you know what? It was there. Of course it was. It was there. So red flag. How do you forget that that happened? That's the red How flag. How does that happen? The red flag is that it was there to begin with <laughs> and that you forgot, conveniently forgot that it was there. Like, and, <laughs> he wow. also changed the story that he told to Annie's family. <gasps> he was changing times and places and like the order of things that happened. Just like anytime he talked to them, he had a different story. So like red flags everywhere. December 7th, 2010, mm. Zola enters a plea deal where he agrees to 18 years in prison if he'll testify against Shireen. Does he take it? Yes. <gasps> of course. This Good. allows South Africa to issue an arrest warrant for Shireen. Shireen, however, was already back in the UK. 
three days after this whole event, he was out of here. He was out of there. What is the motive here? He has millions of dollars. Unless he doesn't actually have millions of dollars. That's such a good question. What is the fucking motive? Yeah. Why would what you kill this doing? woman? What are we doing here? Why did you get why did you get married to someone you don't want to be married to? When you're a fucking millionaire and you have everything in the world, why are you doing this? Right. And kill this beautiful woman. Right. right. If you did it. If you had arranged this hit, right? Right. right. Let's move on. We're going to get there. Yes. While all of this was happening, Annie's family is planning her fucking oh, funeral. Oh, my God. Which Shireen showed zero interest in. He is <gasps> her husband. Oh, my God. In fact, he threw a pizza party for Excuse his me? friends the Excuse night before me? the funeral. First of all, if I was horrifically murdered yeah. and you are hungry, <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Starve. First of all, Dave wouldn't be able to eat. He'd no. be grief stricken. The last thing I hope Aaron would be doing is planning a pizza party <laughs> for our friends. If I'm in a casket. Oh my god, I cannot believe the the fucking insanity. Mm-hmm. And his family was like the level of disrespect. Like they knew. They oh, knew. they of course they knew they because knew. they were all trying to work together to plan this funeral, but he was completely uninterested. He's like, hey, sorry, just got back from my pizza party. Sorry, what do you need? Sorry, just a party for my friends. Also, like, what friends are what going friends to What friends do you have that Seriously. aren't going to Annie's funeral? Mm-hmm. He was supposedly even angry with oh. Annie's family for what? wanting to have a funeral. What? I don't, like, basic decency. Bro, bro, if you don't want to be a suspect in her murder, act like you care yes, about this. please, please. God, they wrote like her whole family wrote like letters and like, you know, put mementos in her casket and like gave her specific flowers. He went to the casket and threw all of them on the ground. Wait a second. (laughs) Wait a second. But he's innocent. Things that her family members put with her so she could be laid to rest with little pieces of them Mm -hmm. he took them out of the casket and threw them on the ground threw them on the ground okay confirmed that i heard that correctly yeah you heard that 100 percent correctly it gets worse i have to tell you this no it doesn't yeah there was a story told by annie's sister in in an interview about how shireen wanted to place these like bangles on annie's hand while she was in her casket so the family is all like surrounding the casket and he's there like and they're all watching him Try to put these bangles on her wrist. Oh my god! And her hand her. is stiff. I mean, yes. she's, she's she's not alive. Yes, and yet he is aggressively oh my trying god. to force these bangles on her hand. And eventually, someone speaks up and just says, "Like, stop it! Yeah. Like, you're hurting stop her." It. And he <gasps> drops her hand. What? And it made this like thud. <gasps> oh, because no. she's dead. She's dead. And, oh my god! And the whole family is watching and. Oh. It hits the metal she's laying on, and it was just like this horrific sound. And they all just said it was so aggressive and yes. so careless and so, so disrespectful. Without, and it, so disrespectful. And what was he doing? And they're yeah, all watching. What were you it. doing? What were you doing? And if you want to go in with her, maybe place it in her hand if you couldn't get it on her. But he's wrist. trying to shove it on her wrist. That is bizarre. In the most disrespectful way. And I just, I can't imagine a, like, touching Don't touch my, my loved daughter. one's corpse. Don't touch my sister. Exa- exactly. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, yes, you're her husband, but we've known her, like, forever. Oh. You're no one here. We have known Annie forever. Thank you. 
Thank oh, you. I love her. Yes. In December 2010, after Zola's plea, Shireen was arrested in England, but was later released on bail. Mm. Keep in mind, he's so much money. Shireen's family hired a PI agent called Max Clifford. And I just want to say, Max Clifford is a piece of shit. No. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Usually when PIs get involved, you're like, yeah, now we're going to get the dirty right. info. And you're like... He tried to make Shireen into this amazing husband who was grieving. But while all this was happening, the media had released evidence that Mm -hmm. Shireen was actually secretly gay. What? What a turn this has taken. Yes. So he didn't. So he, in theory, had his wife murdered so he could. I don't know. We'll find out. But yes, that's, I see what you're saying. That's, that's a good that's assumption. Okay. Yeah. So that in his mind, having her murdered is better than being divorced. And I guess is being gay worse than being divorced or is being, is it better than being divorced in that? In I'm their not culture. Familiar with the culture. Yeah. So oh my God. Max so that's the motive here? and Shireen immediately think. dismissed this whole thing. Like they were like, I'm not gay. Blah, blah. But there was a male sex worker who actually called himself German master, which can we just take a moment? Can we take a moment? If I'm going to be sex, like, yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Great name. Yes. German Fantastic master. Name, German master. And he said that I he, hope had, he gets a lot of business. I hope so too. And I bet you he does. I think he does. I fully support German yeah. master. I'm going to look him up on Instagram yeah. later. I hope he's doing well. Yeah. He said he had he had sex with Shireen many times. Oh. And he had lots of stories about Shireen and said that actually Shireen was very active on a website called Gaydar, which oh. is a gay dating website. I figured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gaydar is... <laughs> what, do you, what else could Gaydar be? In March 2011, a judge in the UK ruled that he was to be extradited back to South Africa to answer for his crimes. Yeah, absolutely. Shireen's lawyers... Get your ass back here. But Shireen's lawyers immediately were like, um, we're appealing this because he's in a psychiatric hospital for depression and PTSD and he's on suicide watch. No, he's not. Because of the rumors that the media has spun about him. Being gay. And also because of the murder of his wife. Come on. Mm -hmm. They won an appeal. They won the appeal. He's got great lawyers. Of course he does. He's multimillionaire and he could stay until his condition approved so like everything was at a halt all the while annie's family is suffering like oh i'm sure they felt that they couldn't begin to mourn her her death because all this was just kind of like nothing was happening and they had no closure they did however scatter her ashes six months after the murder at a place called lake Vern, Mm -hmm. and it had good memories like she it was a place that she really loved to swim every summer so they so they, I, I hope that they were able to, like, find some closure, some closure. comfort. Yeah, exactly. Something in that. But as you can imagine, their world was just, like, completely upside down and ruined. They remarked that their family was full of joy before all of this, and now there was absolutely no joy. After Annie's death, we are very close. There's no joy in our family anymore. Well, our life has changed, totally changed. The loss of Annie is... Has, has really affected us. Oh, her parents so and siblings began declining with their mental health and just yeah. overall quality of life. Not only did they have this incredible loss, but they had media attention that they did not want. Oh, my God. And they had a huge legal journey to go on. Yeah. They attended 
every single court proceeding for every person involved. And there was imagine how draining in a different countries. <gasps> they had to go to South Africa for these things. And they didn't miss anything. Of course they would show up for their sister and their daughter that way. But like, and there's four of, there's four people going to jail for this. Not even, not even with Shireen. Like, (gasps) so like, it's a lot. Wow. Shireen's extradition hearings went on for four years. Are you kidding me? Four years he milked this situation. He had two more extradition hearings within that time. And he had appealed all of them stating his mental health was at risk. In 2011, 2012, you know, so during all of this, the four men in South Africa were all sentenced. Kwabe got a plea deal for 25 years in exchange for his testimony against Shireen. Wait, don't you think it's so crazy that all of, I mean, the three men that actually were hired to kill her were involved? All were like, yeah, you know what? I'm a criminal, but I have a conscience and I, uh, yeah, I did it. And Shireen told me to. I think that's wild, too. I think it's completely wild. And I also think it's wild that these men for $2,000 decided to give their entire life away. Yeah. Like, what is going on in your life? Exactly. That that's a good deal. So Zola got 18 years with a plea deal. Part of the plea deal was that he would testify against Shireen. Monday was actually granted full immunity in exchange for his testimony against Shireen. Now, Monday what? was the guy. So he actually Zola the called Monday. Yeah. Right. And then Monday was like, I know some people. Mm. So he like organized it, but he wasn't there. But I don't find him any less guilty. Me too. Like, why they are you less leader. guilty? They all need a he leader. He's literally for- just at home chilling right now. My God, yeah. Monday. Manjani, he got no plea deal. Because they already got what they wanted from everyone else. Oh. So they were like, you could just rot. Oh, God. Yeah. Which, like, he fully murdered this woman. That's... And he deserves to be in jail. Oh, yeah. But, like, he got no deal. Like, he got nothing from it. Oh, my God. And what's interesting is that he was sentenced to life in prison. Mm -hmm. But he had a brain tumor. So his trial was actually delayed Mm -hmm. because he had to get surgery on a brain tumor. And so he ended up dying in prison. In April of 2014, Shireen was finally extradited to South Africa, where he was arrested, charged, and began trial in October 2014, where he would go to plead not guilty to all five charges against him. The five charges against him was conspiracy to commit kidnapping, robbery with aggravated circumstances, murder, regular old kidnapping, (laughs) and the last one was disrupting the administration of justice. Whoa. So he got in the way of yeah. investigation. Wait, so how many charges is that? Those are five. He <gasps> pled not guilty to everything. Okay, come on. Prosecution would argue that because he was secretly gay and culturally he couldn't get divorced, or rather they didn't believe in divorce, he had Annie murdered to get out of his marriage, which was, what, three weeks, two, three weeks old. I want to say right now on this podcast, if you are considering committing a crime, yeah. don't do it. Yes. But second of all, if you have a cell phone... You're not going to get away with anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, nothing. The, also, the text messages during the taxi what ride. do you think? To the driver. <laughs> we're not your best move. Not your best. What Bro? did you possibly have to say to him? What do you have to say? Mm-hmm. I mean, the cri- I mean, like, everything is already taking place, right? Yeah. You have the organizer. There's literally nothing to text about. You're in it. Just let it ride because it's happening. Like, 
you but, like, already he ordered the yeah. hit. Yeah. Of course, but it's just like this guy makes the dumbest moves. I mean, thank God. Well, then he's on CCTV footage the next day with the murderer. We're with Zola, and he's looking around for cameras, and yet he still continues to have a conversation with him. I'm like, bro, like you know, you're on camera. It's wild. So, is just stressing me prosecution out. has brought forth conversations with the German master where he had said that he, had, you know, he said, I had conversations with Shireen where he admitted to hiding this big part of himself and he wanted to get out of his marriage, et cetera, et cetera. They presented evidence that Shireen and Annie did not have a happy relationship. They showed texts where Annie told her family she wanted to go home on the honeymoon, oh, where no. she feared she was making a big mistake by marrying him. She was sending these text messages on honeymoon like on your honeymoon it was later told that three weeks before their wedding weekend annie actually they had a big fight and annie threw her engagement ring at shireen and was like i'm not doing this Mm -hmm. i don't want to get married to you but it was actually annie's family who talked her out of it which i can't imagine the guilt i can't imagine oh my god defense argued that shireen was bisexual but that had nothing to do with Annie's murder, which... True, it doesn't. It has nothing to do nothing. with it. 100%. And, like, I feel bad if, like, the media outed him and, like, Annie had already known that. Like, it doesn't It doesn't fucking matter. Right. None of it matters. It's just that if he had a hit out on his wife, that's what matters. His sexuality, it, it honestly, yeah. isn't, doesn't make you a murderer. No, it doesn't. No, of course not. But also, can we just backtrack to what was the point of keeping the location a secret? I don't know. What was the point? But to come into the country with cash, like with large amounts of cash. Yeah. To exchange from for cash to cash. It's I don't bizarre. know. But I would it almost feels a little planned. Like did he plan to kill her on the honeymoon? And is that part of the reason why he wanted to keep it secret? Yeah. But like she was texting her family, being like, This is where I am. So like I don't really what was the point of it being a secret? Yeah, what was the what was the point? And then when he got to the airport, when they landed in Cape Town, he had the option to take the shuttle that was arranged for them. Yeah. But he chose to go with a local person. Now, did, was he in contact with this man before? Defense also argued that the white envelope with the money was actually just to pay for Zola's driving services. So they are arguing that the morning after Annie was murdered, Shireen... Then gave Zola money, which wouldn't you think Zola would be like, you know what, bro? This is on me. This is on me. This is on me. Why don't we just cut? Listen, I don't want to be anywhere near you because of what happened last night. Can you imagine what had just happened? He's like, oh, I owe you money, right? I owe you money for that. Yeah. Your wife was kidnapped. You don't even know she's dead yet. And you're just like, oh, my God, I got to pay Zola for for his... For taking me to whatever the hell we are. Wouldn't Zola be like, I got you, bro. Like, well, just, why don't we just call it? Yeah, just, listen, uh, next one's on me. <laughs> next one's on you, right? Like, insane. Yeah. Like, you, that's the real argument here. Ugh. No, you paid for her because you had her murdered. Okay? They also argued, what are the, no, I already mentioned this, but what are the chances? So defense is like, listen, and this is a good, this is a good argument in yeah. theory. They were like, what are the chances that this person touches down in South Africa and the first person he meets in the country, their taxi driver, he asks him, hey, can you murder my wife? And he's like, yeah. Like, what are the chances of that? Which is actually a good argument. 100% chance. <laughs> like, what? Imagine. It's absurd. That it's is absurd. absurd. Which makes me think, was it planned before? Mm. 
But how do you get in touch with Zola? Do I you don't think it's Facebook? I Facebook have no was brand idea. New. Defense argued that Zola noticed that they were covered in expensive jewelry and, and they had all these expensive items and handbags and et cetera. And after he dropped them off at the hotel, he called his buddies and mm-hmm. said, hey, got a guy. Mm-hmm. Very, he has a lot of money. Let's set up a robbery for him. So the, the defense found massive holes in Zola's story along the way. Hmm. And two months into the trial, because of that, the case got dismissed. What? And Shireen was a free man. This all happened before Shireen even took the stand. <gasps> the judge on the case is someone named Justice Janet Troso. And she said that Zola was the only person that could actually link Shireen to the crime. And since his testimony was so inconsistent and had tons of holes and lies... He was not credible. So she said that they were intelligent enough that they all could have easily come up with this story to frame Shireen. Hmm. The inconsistencies were outrageous, which is true. They were caught in a lot of lies. They fabricated, uh, all these four men fabricated calls and texts and refused to identify a potential fifth person that they kept referring to in taped interrogations. And so the prosecution just literally was crumbling and they had no case. What? Because there was no evidence. I'm so there was no actual evidence by a credible person that put Shireen in this situation. I guess because they all said, "Yeah, I did that." Exactly. They were all like scrambling. They didn't know what to say, and because of that, he didn't actually look innocent. But there was actually no actual evidence. Wow. To say that he was there. So with that, defense filed a motion for dismissal, and less than two weeks later, it was granted, and Shireen was acquitted of complete involvement of this case. He was completely innocent. Deemed. I am dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. And so, I feel disrespected. And I feel so let down. And I feel horrible for Annie's family. No. I, mean, I have a lot of feelings. So despite CCTV footage and four men who arguably had the same story, mm-hmm. he was free. Oh, Annie's God. family was devastated. devastated. They lost their daughter. Oh. And they believe the murderer was just walking away. And they actually requested that the coroner's court in the UK open up an inquest into her death. They were like, okay, so South Africa deemed that this wasn't a murder. Can the UK do something about it? So unfortunately, the coroner's office in the UK was kind of prohibited from opening up an inquest into this because the South African court already reached, you know, a A conclusion. conclusion. And it was not only unnecessary, but it was also inappropriate oh. to look into it any further. First of all, nothing is inappropriate when it comes to my daughter's murder. Yeah. My sister's murder. But like, think about, like, that's how we feel. And I completely that is not agree. An inappropriate. But that's like what they were met with. And oh. that's how devastating that is. Because like, can you imagine the helplessness of that? And like, you, this is the worst thing that ever happened to you. And someone's saying, ever. well, it's already solved. And you know, it's not. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do. A formal complaint was also made against the judge because there was bias and Shireen should have been made to take the stand absolutely before he was cleared. Absolutely. But he wasn't. What the fuck? So as of today, Shireen is a free man because there's simply no evidence against him. Actually, wow. there's no concrete physical evidence against him. He is reported to be in a committed relationship with a Brazilian man. Making pizzas. Making pizzas. That making pizzas. Pizza party. Brazilian. Oh, big. <laughs> I was like, I thought I was like, do you say, think I said Italian? No, yeah, he just, 
having a pizza party with all his wow. friends. Zola is now 42 years old, and he was actually recently released on parole. He served only eight years in prison. He was sentenced to 18, but he what? served eight. Kwabe is still in prison. Menjani had passed away from a brain tumor, as I had mentioned. Hmm. Um, for the family, this feels like not justice at all. Yeah. There's no justice being served. This is completely fractured and disjointed in every way. And that's unfortunately the conclusion of this entire case. So he is living wherever he's living with yep. his Brazilian mm-hmm. boyfriend, husband, partner. Yeah. yeah. And he just gets to live. He just, get, he, he he's just gets acquitted. to live. He just gets to live. They say that he goes on like he didn't do anything to his wife. And well, the family feels otherwise. I mean, he's not wrong. If, you t- if you're going to really mm-hmm. like talk semantics here, he's mm-hmm. like, well, I didn't do anything yeah. to her. Meanwhile, indirectly, of course, playing the whole thing. So the arguments about this case is media got involved really quick. Yeah. And the media quickly villainized him because he was bisexual. And also, like, there's nothing telling us that like, you could assume. But how do we know that Andy didn't know that he yeah. was bisexual? Like, we don't know anything about yeah. the No. And so that doesn't make him a murderer. That doesn't make him a villain. 100%. But that's what the media was saying. Like, he had this secret life, and that's why he wanted to get, and culturally, he couldn't get out of this marriage, and it's all because of him being bisexual. It's all because of him, you know, sleeping with men or whatever. Maybe Annie fucking knew. Who cares? He didn't, like, the point blank period, it it should be about, like, he didn't want to be in this marriage for whatever reason. Yeah. And... That is if we believe he got he he took a hit on his wife, then he did. And that's the crime. Right. That is the crime. Because he couldn't say to Annie, I don't want to I don't want to be married. Yeah. Yeah. So you kill her. So you kill her in a horrific, violent, terrible way in a country she does not familiar. Like it is so it's horrific. It it really is horrific. If, If that's what happened, because he is a free man right now. He could be listening to this podcast for all we know. So that is the case. Of Annie Dewani. Well, thank you for sharing about Annie. You're welcome. So how was your first time being a guest on my podcast? Not the uh, last. Oh, not the oh last. I feel like um, I feel like I did a great job. Oh, you did a phenomenal <laughs> job. I feel like you did a great job. You were on the journey with me. Yeah, you really took me on a journey. Yes. So with that, I thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back for our next episode with more. And until next time, this is Megan Miles with the True Crime Ride. Thank you for listening. Hey, make sure you're following the True Crime Bride on social media. You can find me on Instagram at True Crime Bride, on TikTok at Megan Miles NYC, that's M E G H A N. You can email me at truecrimebridepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would be so kind, please leave me a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This really helps the podcast and will help me keep delivering awesome episodes to you every week.